You are listening to the Movie Cheer Podcast. The best place for movie topics and blockbuster discussions. Welcome to Movie Cheer Town. Welcome to the Movie Cheer Podcast, the show for movie fans. I am your host, AP, aka Mr. Movie Cheer, and on today's episode of the Movie Cheer Pod, it will be a September 2022 movie roundup. Do these every single month on the podcast, and it's a roundup of movies I've been watching or movies that are coming out at, uh, of September 2022, and it, these could be physical movie releases, streaming movies movie releases or cinema movie releases, uh, VOD releases as well, Uh, anything like that, it's all discussed in today's headline topic of September 2022, movies in the movie roundup. I love it, it's ace, it's fun. Uh, So that is going to be today's headline topic, ladies and gents. But before we get to today's headline topic, as always on the Movie GA podcast, I like to start the show off with a segment called Not So Worthy Blockbuster Housekeeping. This is the part of the show where we kind of, where I kind of just discuss what's going on with the channel, what's going on with the Movie Cheer Town community, and it's just a general easing in chit chat for the rest of the show. So, not so worthy blockbuster for housekeeping for this week. I was getting my tongue tongue tied, then tongue twisted. Uh, not so worthy blockbuster housekeeping for this week, ladies and gents. What is going on? in Movie Cheer Town. Uh, First of all, I just want to say, if you're watching the video version here of the podcast today on YouTube, uh, it will look a bit different from last week's episode. I have reverted back to the OG setup of of this, uh, the the same, the usual setup of the camera. Uh, There was just, you know, last week I changed the camera around, tried a different setup. Kind of just a few little niggles I need to iron out before I go to that new permanent setup. Uh, but I just want to say uh, thank you to people who've given me a bit of feedback on that setup as well. Uh, it is something, it's just a work in progress. But I thought, you know, for now, until the, the wrinkles are ironed out, let's revert back to what works, the oh, the original setup. And this is what you're getting today. I'm happy with this for now. It works. Uh, it'll do for now until the new setup, setup, setup is complete. Um, so... First, what else is going on in Movie Cheer Town? Well, first of all, I want to say, uh, want to say birthday wishes to a member of the Movie Cheer Town community, uh, regular on the channel, and that is uh, Ben, aka Rider Rated 18th. Uh, Rider Rated 18th. Sorry, I was, <laughs> because I'm talking about birthdays, I'm thinking now birthdays like your 21st, the 18th, your 18th birthday, but Rider Rated 18. Ben is celebrating this past week his 40th birthday, uh, so I just want to wish Ben a very happy birthday. I hope you had a great day, buddy. Uh, you know, uh, very much a very valued member of this community. Ben is always in the comments. He is also the lord of Laserdisc. Check him out on Instagram. Uh, Ben's got a, an awesome Instagram page where he's discussing movies, Laserdisc collecting, DVD collecting, Blu-ray collecting. Awesome, uh, awesome um, Instagram page and an awesome guy. Uh, wish Ben a happy birthday for his 40th. And I just want to say from the Movie Cheer pod and from the rest of Movie Cheer town, Ben, happy birthday for the 40th birthday. Uh, what else is going on in Movie Cheer town? Latest video this past week was another quick topics video led by the headline topic of how is the what's the best way to display your favorite movies and uh, these quick up quick topics videos i gotta say over the past month they're doing really really well a lot of engagement a lot of um you know discussion amongst the community which is awesome to see i'm really enjoying them it seems like uh, people who are watching them are enjoying them the community is enjoying them so it's a big plus so i'm really uh liking the outcome of them videos are awesome to do but that was another one this week with a few other topics sprinkled in there as well uh, latest blog post this week was uh, a bit of a roundup of the new elvis movie and here's a little spoiler i will be talking about that a bit more in the september movies the elvis movie uh, but that again a uh, little blog post on moviecheerpodcast.com uh, if you're not aware if you're new to the channel if you're new to the podcast uh, there's also a website, moviecheerpodcast.com, where I do uh, a new blog post every single Wednesday on there discussing different movie topics, movie releases, and it's just a, just another branch of the Movie Cheer podcast, basically. Uh, what else is going on? Well, 
let's get to the big announcement. Big announcement, right. Um, next week, as we all know, Movie Cheer Fest, the pay-per-view show every three months on the podcast. I do a pay-per-view show, and it is a, a different theme of it. And this month, this third month, this September pay-per-view show is going to be a bit different. It's going to be it's going to be the WrestleMania event, the Super Bowl event of the Movie Cheer podcast calendar. And it is going to be Movie Cheer Fest, the inaugural first ever Movie Cheer Fest event. And Movie Cheer Fest will be a two-night event, uh, two two-hour shows This starting this coming Friday, the 23rd of September. And it'll start off with the Movie Cheer Town live, st- live stage, which will be a, like a live stream, two-hour live stream. Uh, with a bunch of special guest co-hosts joining me for both the uh, the Friday live stream and then the Saturday show will be a, an episode of the podcast, basically, a, a normal episode of the podcast where it will be d- discussing game-changer movies. So uh, movies that have been game-changers for actors, for genres, for, um, for errors of movies. And let's talk about who is going to be on those shows. So let's... First off, we're going to start off with the 23rd, Friday the 23rd show, the Movie Chair Town live stage. Uh, That show, we're going to be discussing loads of different topics. Uh, If you have any suggestible topics for that as well, if you want, uh, if you have like a movie topic, uh, physical media topic, cinema topic, TV topic, throw it in the comments below because I'm going to be asking, I'm going to put a community tab this week as well for uh, suggestions from the Movie Cheer, Movie Cheer Town community. But on that Friday show, which will start at half seven UK time, uh, we have, first of all, we have Joe from Geeky Hijinks. Uh, Joe, Joe will be joining that show and Joe has got an awesome YouTube channel. Uh, he's actually returning to YouTube this week, I believe. So uh, check out him on Instagram as well. Joe Gigi Hijinks will be on the Friday uh, show. Then we got Paul, the 4K Chef, also on Instagram and YouTube. Another brilliant uh, YouTuber, Paul aka the 4K Chef, looking forward to that. We also have another member of the Movie Cheer Town community joining us, Philip Coghill, who has an absolutely awesome YouTube channel also, also on Instagram. I mean, every, <laughs> I think everyone's on YouTube and Instagram here. Um, and then we have Pete Playtendo Guy, the king of the streamers. Pete Playtendo Guy, a really fantastic gentleman and a really good friend. All these guys have been really nice and really, you know, built really good friendships with all these guys uh, over the past like year or so. And uh, so we've got Pete Playtendo Guy as well. Finishing up that line. So we got, let's just do a roundup. We've got Joe Geeky Hijinks. We've got Paul, the 4K chef. We have Philip Coghill. And then we have Pete Playtendo Guy. And that will be Friday's lineup for Movie Cheer Fest, the Movie Cheer Town live stage. It's going to be fun. I'm so excited. I'm going to start planning out that show this week. But like I said, if you have any suggestions for topics, throw them in the comments, ladies and gents. Now let's move to night two of movie cheer fest uh, night two as i said it'll be the topic the the um topic of the show the headline topic will be game changing movies or game changer movies and i have on this show i have three guests i have first of all i have ryan from ryan from let's get kicking movies uh, then i have sean media collecting madness uh, sean uh, his, he has got a streak going on on, it's like the the Undertaker's streak in uh, WrestleMania. Sean has got a streak of being on the podcast now. Always great to have Sean on the podcast. Uh, Ryan, I've been on Ryan's uh, YouTube channel a few times, and uh, he's a, he's an awesome guy as well. And we also to finish up the roundup, the lineup for Saturday's show. I have John, aka Mondo Chelovec Movies. Uh, I have John was part of the fiftieth show, and same with with Sean as well, and Philip. Uh, they were all part of that 50th show we did of the podcast last year now it would have been and uh, John I've also been on John's uh, YouTube channel as well earlier on this year John's a really nice guy as well and really knows his movies he's got a terrific channel too so let's do a roundup of night two so we've got Ryan from Let's Get Kicking Movies we've got Sean from Media Collector Madness on YouTube and Instagram and we've got John aka Mondo Chelovec Movies that is the final the full lineup 
for this year's movie cheer fest. I am super excited. I can't wait to um to to get to get into this event. I think it's just I'm so excited beforehand. I'm, I know I'm going to be a bit nervous. Uh, it's a few more people on the podcast, and but you know what? At the end of the day, also I feel kind of very comfortable because all these guys have either spoke to them before or been on streams with them, and they're all just really sound guys. So uh, that's going to kind of like take the tension down, the the nerves of, of doing the sh- two shows. But two nights of shows, both starting at half seven, 23rd and 24th, Movie Cheer Fest, bring on the fest. I can't wait. And just, to, you know, that will be the last show for a few weeks then. I'm going to be taking a three-week break then. Uh, I will mention it la- next week in the show, but then I'll be returning after three weeks. A planned break, nothing major. Just, you know, I do these throughout the year, do these little short breaks uh, to keep energised for the Movie Cheer podcast. So that is the not-so-worthy blockbuster housekeeping over for today's show. Let's move on to the headline topic. The Movie Cheer Podcast presents The Headline Topic for the episode Remember to spread a head, bit head, of Headline Topic Head, head, head Remember to spread a bit of movie cheer. So today's headline topic, September 2022 movie roundup. As I said at the start of the show, uh, this is going to be movies from, you know, streaming movies, physical releases, VOD or cinematic, anything's on the table here. And I've got four movies to discuss, as always. I will say as well, I'm not going to go heavy into the spoilers unless it's like a movie that's been out for... uh, that is like a well-known movie, I suppose. But I'm not going to go heavy into the spoilers with these. So I'll glance through them, but don't don't worry. I'm not going to give you any spoilers to what's going on with these movies. So first of all, first movie I am going to discuss is Jurassic World Dominion, the third movie in the Jurassic World trilogy, and I mean the sixth in the whole Jurassic Park, Jurassic World franchise so far. This was this is going to be releasing physical physical release on September the twenty sixth, and I've I've finally got around to checking out this movie now. It is available on like VOD as well now, but it's got that physical release in September. Uh, the final movie in the Jurassic World franchise, as I said. Um, look, I will say I, I've, I've heard a few reviews of this movie that saying it's, it's not great. It doesn't really do anything different. Uh, I will say my watch of this, I, I thought it was a fun watch. It was entertaining. It's not a 10 out of 10 movie. I'm not going to lie. It's not an Avengers Endgame. Uh, it's nothing like that, but I will say it's a, it's a solid fun movie, a Jurassic World movie, Jurassic Park movie, whatever you like to call it. Uh, I will say the first one for me was the best, and they really have struggled to top that because the you know the the rest of the movies have all felt like just very similar similar type of vibes. I will say this one does take a few steps. I feel to be a different movie. Uh, first of all, you see a few different locations set around the world that we visit, and it, there's like multiple locations in this, which gives it a different feel. It goes away from that sort of park feel very much for the majority of the movie. Um, but Jurassic World sees the return of the original uh, trilogy cast members. You've got, um, you know, you've got the, from the original Jurassic Park movie, those three original characters, the main ones, um, trying to think of that. Jeff Goldblum obviously returns, um, Alan Grant, I'm, I'm forgetting all the names, and Ellie, I always forget the, the, the characters' names. This is where I need like an iPad in front of me, with, where I can just go on IMDb. Uh, that's going to be a part of a new setup, surely. But um, yeah, you have to, you have the original OG Jurassic Park cast members return, and they link up them with the the new trilogy stars of Chris Pratt and um, what's the face? I always forget her name as well. The the daughter of the well known Breeze Dallas Howard. That's it. Breeze Dallas Howard. I'm trying to forget her name. Um, right. So you got the return of them. Join up with a new cast, and it's just this adventure. Now you know dinosaurs are ruling the world; they're out in the world, and then you have this evil villain, and it's the guy from the first movie who who has that sort of like 
he gets the the spray of like the DNA, and now he's like this sort of like Steve Jobs guy, and he's just got like this multi-billion-pound company, and then it turns out he's actually quite evil, and he's trying to ruin the world and to make more money, and basically he is using these giant locusts to destroy the crops of all the farms around the world, and then he is gonna via his company, this guy, this evil boss, is gonna try and exploit the world and for his sort of cure to this this locust um, extinction of all the crops and he's got this like way to cure it all but he's the one who set up these killer uh, locusts, these giant locusts. So it's this story then, you've got the OG characters and new characters all joining up then to take down this evil corporation basically. Um, I will say, like I said, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun watch. It wasn't like a groundbreaking movie. But it was enjoyable. I, I thought it was enjoyable. I will say I, I enjoyed, for me, the the old cast members, the original cast members made this movie for me more so. Um, I As much as I, I like Chris Pratt and Bree Styles Howard, I, I think, you know, they're, they're good performers. But to me, they just don't feel, I don't know, they just don't click with me as much in these movies, in the Jurassic World movies. Even though they're not bad movies, I do like that original that original trio returning. I thought it was nice to have them in there. Um, but they, they don't really share a ton of time. It's more near the end of the movie. You see a lot more of the screen time together with them than you and all characters. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it's a fun watch. I think if you like the Jurassic World movies, the Jurassic Parks, again, it's a it's a decent movie. It's not breaking massive new ground, but it's, it's decent enough. And I enjoyed it. And I said it on a video recently where I would like to see them doing something completely different. I imagine they're going to continue doing more Jurassic Park movies in the future, but I want to see something completely different, like a something set in space. I, I, just something outrageously different in the future for these films to make it feel different, because I think that's what it needs to do. They've kind of, you know, they've wrote the rule book and they've, you know, they've used every rule in the book to create these films now. They need to get a new rule book and do something completely different uh, in order to make this franchise fresher moving forward. But it's well worth watching if you're looking for something to watch this September. Now let's move on to my second movie of today's September roundup. And I discussed this on last week's show, I believe. I think it was the Four Love and Thunder movie. Uh, basically, Four Love and Thunder, the new, the fourth movie in the Four franchise. It was a Disney Plus Day release on September the eighth, and uh, straight to streaming. It's got, I think, it's got an October physical release. I'm pretty sure. But the fourth movie in the franchise, Taika Waititi returns. Uh, you've got the return of the characters four. You've got Jane Foster in there, but she plays Mighty Four this this time. Uh, obviously, a character from the comics is basically the female version, the female variant of four. And I thought it was a fun movie. I don't think it was quite as good as Ragnarok. I think Ragnarok is still my favourite four movie. But to be honest, it's a close second in the Thor franchise for me. It kind of, you know, continues that. It's not as comedic as the as Ragnarok, I didn't feel, but it's still got that vibe. Um, a few changes, I think, like, you know, and a few standouts, I think the, the soundtrack of the 80s rock soundtrack, a, bit, a lot of Guns N' Roses in there, that was really cool to see. And I also really enjoyed Christian Bale's villain of Gore, the God, God Butcher, who goes around killing all these gods. I think he was really good. And I've seen... Stuff online again with this where people are saying the look, the visual look isn't quite accurate to the comic book look. Personally, that doesn't bother me. Um, I've seen the the look of the comic book, yeah. Sure it is different, but I I think it was really good. I, I I've said it said it on that show, I think he reminds me of like a horror villain. Like he's just got like that really in his scenes in this movie, you, you like the really dark and very horror-like scenes, and you're kind of like, whoa, this is like um one of these uh sort of like New moderns. Do you know, like when you get them, them, them movies where you have like, uh, <laughs> like a like there's some sort of like possessed ghost or something or a possessed person living in a house and a new couple moves into a house and then like this some possession t takes place and if it, that villain, the look of him reminded me of that sort of um, them sort of villains in the movies. Um, but yeah, I really liked him. I thought it was a good performance, even though it felt like his role in that movie was very. Very small in a way. It didn't feel like it. It felt like it was a very limited villain role. But I liked it. I would have liked to. Uh, I I would have liked to seen more of him on screen in that movie. To be honest, it would have been great to see more of his his villain. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great movie. I hope 
Taika Waititi returns for a third movie because I think he is just perfect for this. I think him and Chris Hemsworth are just a match made in heaven for this franchise. I think it works well. Who knows what the future will hold? I'm sure they're going to do, a, you know, um, it would be a, a fifth movie in this franchise. I'm, I'm positive. I think these movies, the four movies is going to be the one that just goes on and on and on. And I think it's an enjoyable franchise. I enjoyed it. And yeah, well worth checking out if you're looking for another great September movie. Uh, now let's move on. To the third movie of today's September 2022 movie roundup, ladies and gents. The third movie I am going to discuss is Elvis. The Elvis biopic movie starring Austin Butler and Tom Hanks. Uh, this is a September 19th physical release. And let's talk about this. So this is a biopic, you know, picked up really the, the early years of of Elvis's music career up until his death, really, this movie. And it explores all his career in, in the midst in the middle point of all of that story. Um look, I will say I'm not really I've I've listened to Elvis's songs over the years, but I'm not gonna say I'm an Elvis fan. I'm not an Elvis fan. Um I watched this the other day, first time. And this was one I was kind of like a bit... I remember seeing the trailers for this a few months... I mean, before it's released, like last year or whatever it was. I thought, oh, this just doesn't appeal to me. I'm, I'm not. It, it didn't even look like a... To me, like a big production movie at the time. The trailers. I, I, something about it just kind of like... Felt a bit off to me. And I, I just didn't like the look of the trailers. And I put off watching it. I thought, do you know what? I'm, I'm looking for September movies. Let's have a look. Let's watch this movie. Give it a go. See what it's about. Obviously, I know it's about Elvis, <laughs> but see see what this movie's got on offer. And I watch it, and it is a long movie. It's about, I think it's about two hours and like 30, 40 minutes. It's a very, very long movie. But I will say it was a very enjoyable movie. Very enjoyable. Um, like I said, not a big Elvis fan, but there was a lot of songs I didn't even know in there. I didn't know that they were Elvis songs, and I'm listening to them, and I'm thinking, wow, this is this is a really good song and I'm really enjoying this. And, you know, my foot was tapping while listening to this this movie. It was very good. I think it was a very well-told movie. And I think what was really important, and I think what is important for me with biopics is having a good story in there. So the story, the plot really was telling the story of Elvis, you know, his origins and, you know, his way into fame and leading up to his death. And his relationship with the people around him, mainly his band manager, played by Tom Hanks, who played the character of the Colonel, who is this, you know, very uh, sort of. I think he he runs a circus at the start of this movie, and then he becomes his band manager after discovering him. And he is very, you know, a very weird figure. I would say a very dodgy figure. And it turns out he's kind of quite uh, a villainous, corrupt guy in the end. And you see this revolve. You see this very much from the start of this movie. He's not like the the nicest of person, and he's kind of trying to manipulate Elvis. Pretty much the whole story. Um, I will say also as well, Tom Hanks in this. It is even though it was a, I liked Tom Hanks, but it was very much a forgettable Tom Hanks performance. I don't think this was like a a memorable Tom Hanks performance in this. This could anyone could have played the Colonel here. He's got a lot of like prosthetics on to make him look different but I feel like any actor could could have played the colonel character in this I think they got Tom Hanks in for the name recognition to make this movie more uh you know appealing to audiences and it makes sense because Austin Butler is very much a you know an unknown actor the guy who plays Elvis um but I think that's why they got Tom Hanks in but I don't think you know don't go into this movie expecting a 10 out of 10 Tom Hanks performance because I don't think you really get it here I think it's just a decent performance from Tom Hanks here uh, what I will say though 10 out of 10 performances Austin Butler watching the comparisons online and I've seen a few on YouTube and seen his performance in this movie and you see it at the end of the movie clips of Elvis uh wow his performance of Elvis is phenomenal it's up there with ray charles uh, by jamie fox and um by you know charlie chaplin uh, robert down jr's performance as charlie chaplin in that movie his performance is incredible you know watch the comparisons and it is he must have spent hours looking at footage listening to him uh just getting the you know the mannerisms to a t he, he got it all spot on and 
his performance in this really makes this movie Austin Butler. And I hope this guy goes on to do more great movies like this because he he's obviously you know passionate about acting. You can tell that from watching this movie. And it was his passion that you could see on screen that really got me into this movie and really, you know, sucked me into it. And like I said, it was a two hours and 40 minute or two hours, 40, 40, 50 minute movie. It didn't feel like that because of the great performance and the great story throughout. I think it really, you know, maybe it could have been short and maybe like 20, 30 minutes, but it didn't feel like it lingered on. It didn't feel like that for me personally. I think it was a really, really good watch. I love seeing the story. What really amazed me as well, I love watching this because I movies, biopics like this, because you learn little facts about the artist. What amazed me, Elvis never toured outside of the US. And that just absolutely just astonished me. I think in... Elvis, I think, you know, Elvis, one of like the most, you know, historic musicians of all time. Um, he never toured outside of the US. And this was, you know, we see the reasons behind that in this story, in this in this film. Uh, but that amazed me. I thought for sure he would have done some sort of tour around the world. And uh, he was planning on doing tours, but uh, I won't spoil it why, the reasons why he didn't go on them tours. But yeah, fascinating movie, fascinating watch. And Honestly, the first thing I did after watching this, I, I was on, I was listening to Elvis songs. I was, I was, you know, that's the sort of movie you know is a good movie. I find if you, I mean, it's like when I watch Rambo, I want to become Rambo after it. <laughs> it's, it's got that movie. I didn't, I, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking, yeah, I'm probably going to become an Elvis impersonator, you know, take on an, a career as an Elvis impersonator. I was, I was all in. It's it's been a week now or so since I've watched that movie. I'm, I, it's out of my system now. Uh, but anyway, let's move on to uh, the final movie. But yeah, Elvis, well worth checking out. If you're on the fence, check out Elvis. September 19th, physical release in September. Now let's move on to the final movie of today's show of September releases. The final movie I am going to discuss is Disney's live-action version of Pinocchio. Uh, another movie starring Tom Hanks, and this was released also on Disney Plus Day on September the 8th uh, this month. September the 8th release on Disney Plus, and this is, I always say, it's you know it's a remake of the 1940 movie Pinocchio. That is astonishing. 1940, the original Pinocchio movie. Uh, what connections do I have with this movie? Well, I'll say... I've definitely watched clips of it as a kid. Maybe I've watched the film, but I can't remember the movie. So I went into this movie not really knowing the story of Pinocchio. Obviously knowing it's a wooden boy who wants to become a real boy and the whole thing with the nose getting bigger. But I didn't know anything more than that, really. Um, so the story, you know, Pinocchio is you have Geppetto, this craftsman who creates this boy after, his, you know, it's kind of like revealed in, in the earlier on in the story that him, his wife and his son are gone. He must have had a wife and son. Don't really go into too much detail to what happened to them. I, I'm assuming that his son maybe passed away. And then he builds this little boy, this Pinocchio character. And then, you know, we see this furry come down and makes him real. And he's like this wooden boy and he names him Pinocchio, Geppetto. Uh, Tom Hanks plays Geppetto, the father of Pinocchio here. And then we see this story where Jiminy Cricket, this little cricket character, becomes the conscience of Pinocchio. He must guide him on to be doing good things, not bad things. And he goes on this story where he ends up like getting kidnapped, Pinocchio, and then it's where his father must, you know, they must return to each other and he must do good in, in between all this and make good decisions. Um, so first, you know, impressions of this movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I will say... Uh, a lot of these, you know, these Disney live-action remakes, I, I can understand, I've seen stuff online where people say it's not done anything different from the original. And I can totally understand that sort of sentiment because I am a big fan of the original Lion King movie and I did not like the live-action remake. For me, it was just like, it did nothing different and if anything, it was just a, a step backwards for me. It just didn't have the 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 vibrance of the original. And... For me, that's where, you know, the Lion King original is, you know, is uh, has a place on first for me uh, over the live-action remake. But I will say the Jungle Book live-action remake, I enjoy that more. It was a slightly different story, and I like that. Um, there's a few other ones as well in there. But I will say, for me, because I've not got that affection, that, um, you know, the memories of the 1940s one, 
this was very much watching a fresh movie for me. And I liked it. I thought, you know, I liked the songs in it. I liked the story. Uh, it's nothing, you know, earth shattering the story. It's this, you know, this fun little story. I like the animation and I like the characters. I like Jiminy Cricket. I like the, you know, Geppetto, Pinocchio and all the other little characters we see and the story throughout it. I think it was a really decent movie. Uh, but like I said, I think if you watch the original and you have a lot of affinity uh, to that original movie, you probably do feel differently. But I liked it. I will say, fun little fact with this, you know, so the song in this, uh, Wish Upon a Star, uh, I didn't realize that song was from Pinocchio, but that's the, the song you hear at the, at the start of all the Walt Disney uh, movies at the titles. And they started using like an instrumental of that in the 1980s up until present. They still use that. But yeah, I never knew that was from, that was uh, wrote originally for the Pinocchio movie, um, that song. But I really liked it. I like the ending where it's kind of like, it's left like open-ended to like a question mark. Does he become a real boy? It doesn't really say for sure, does he become a real boy? Uh, say, I don't know what happens in the the original but I, I really like that. I, I think it was a really uh, decent movie. And the stuff with the nose, I thought the nose, sort of like the nose getting bigger thing would have been a bigger part of the plot, but it's very, very small part of the plot. I thought that was like a, a big part of the plot, but it really isn't. Uh, that surprised me as well, but I really enjoyed it, Pinocchio. Again, a, a very forgettable Tom Hanks performance though. Uh, even though I love Tom Hanks, him, him in Elvis and Pinocchio were both very forgettable Tom Hanks performances, and I feel like any actor could have done them roles. Uh, they weren't, it wasn't like he was acting bad, it wasn't bad performances, but I just feel like it wasn't, I think they've got Tom Hanks in for both the Elvis and Pinocchio for name recognition only. And maybe it works, maybe that's a good idea by both the creators of both movies. But yeah, Pinocchio, September the 8th, streaming Disney Plus release well worth checking out and that is it for today's headline topic ladies and gents let's move on with the next part of the show it's time for the movie variant showdown segment of the show are you ready Movie Variant Showdown. Each and every week, I choose a different representative of a movie property, whether that be a case cover, a movie poster, a movie character, or a movie itself, and put it up against other variants of that representative. And today on Movie Variant Showdown, I will be looking at the case covers of the movie Casablanca. And I will say, this was kind of like a recommendation, kind of sparked the, the idea came from Mark in the community. Uh, Mark was mentioning it on, a, on one of the videos, on the, I think it was on the Quick Topics video this past week, uh, that uh, he was looking at buying the 80th and a 80th anniversary edition of the uh, the steelbook of Casablanca that is coming out now uh, this this year and Mark kind of you know his uh, decision and his comment there really influenced today's show so I just wanted to give Mark a, a shout out uh, on today's podcast uh, for this so thank you very much Mark and let's get into this so uh, I am going to be looking at the case covers of Casablanca I've got two blu-ray covers I've got two 4ks one of which is a steelbook uh, let's start off with the standard blu-ray cover so first of all let's look at this this is the standard blu-ray of Casablanca a movie I really enjoy first of all as well I really I think it's a great movie. One I've not rewatched in a while. I'm gonna to have to give it a rewatch. So maybe some of the stuff in these covers maybe may, might not make as much sense to me. But yeah, I like I do like Casablanca. Uh, so the Blu-ray standard Blu-ray cover. Let's look at this. This is you know the they're all like classic movie posters, and we've got you know we've got Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman, and Paul Hemreid. Uh, names on top and you've got the text in red the Casablanca text and it's like a white background cover and then you've got a poster underneath the text as well with all of the you know them central characters in there and I like this it's very you know very simple I like the I think it works with the red and the white in the background and you've got the black text of the actors on top I like this and you've got very much the color Color scheme for this is very much like white, reds, and then you're know, drifting into small amounts of like them black in the edgings of the poster. But it's great. I think it's great artwork here. What the standout feature to me is, is here though is the actual 
the text and the font of the title of the movie, Casablanca, I think, you know, that red font, it's like sort of like goes like in like a little arch over it. I think it works really well here. And the size of it, you know, it's a really sizable font. It's quite large, but it's, you know, it's noticeable. And you've got them central carriage, you know, it's, it looks like a, a classic movie, this movie. And, you know, an 80-year-old movie now, that is that is crazy to think. It's 80 years old. It's that it's just, uh, it's crazy. But, um, yeah, really like this Blu-ray cover. Now, let's move on to the next cover today. So the next one I'm going to be looking at is, first of all, the... The Casablanca 4K Ultra HD includes the Blu-ray, so this is a uh, it's available on Zavi and HMV as as of now. I'm sure it will be on Amazon at, at some point. So uh, this is the you know the standard 4K Blu-ray of it. So we got a, we got a very different cover this time. So it's very much a black and white cover. It's a black and white movie. Um, we've got the you know the central actors' names in the middle of this in very smaller white text this time. Humphrey Bogart, his character central in in there as well. Um, you know in 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 the tux here in the black and white, and then you've got like it looks like sort of like smoke in the background, like it's like a smoky bar, isn't it? Is like here, and then you've got the a few little you know Ingrid Bergman and Bogart at the bottom in a very small. Uh, picture at the bottom, but the the text of Casablanca is very different now this time around. It's very much like a, a neon looking sign. I imagine that this is the uh, the actual sign. Um, well, yeah, so it's like a neon blue, like a neon blue with white ba background sign. It looks like a like a bar sign, Casablanca, and I I like this. I think it's nice. I I think. I would say, you know, the image at the bottom would have been better used at the top. And then images like swapped around might have been better. Uh, but I do like this cover. What would I say though? You know, it's, you know, the use of black and greys is nice here. I think the, the Casablanca, te Casablanca text could be larger on this. I think that would be better. I think the, the font from the Blu-ray is a lot better looking at this. So first of all, I would say the Blu-ray for me is beating this 4K so far out of these two on Movie Variant Showdown. Now let's move on to the Casablanca uh, HMV Blu-ray exclusive. So this is a Blu-ray exclusive from HMV. This is again a very different cover, but I will say starts off with the the text of the actors very similar to the first Blu-ray cover. The font of Casablanca is again identical to the original first Blu-ray cover, but it is a lot smaller this time. Then we got like a, a glass. Is it like a like a a scotch or a whiskey or something like that. I'm sure that's like a reference to the movie in the movie. Um, but yeah, it's a very much a simple background, white background here. That glass of that drink, the alcohol beverage is in there. And you've got underneath it says, here's looking at you, kid. Uh, that must be a line from the movie again. I need to rewatch this movie just to make this sense of this cover to make it more, uh, make more sense to me. But I like it. It's simplistic, this. I like, you know, again, the text here. That font, I really, I think it just, you know, it pops there. I think it would be a bit more significant if it was a bit larger. I think it should be a bit larger, the text here. But I like the imagery of the, the scotch and stuff. I think it looks nice. And obviously, there's references, I'm sure, to the movie in there. But which one is winning so far? I will say the standard original Blu-ray cover for me beats the HMV exclusive Blu-ray cover, even though it is nice. The HMV exclusive would come in second to me, and the 4K standard would come third so far. So the original Blu-ray cover is still winning. Now let's look at the final cover of today's movie variant showdown. And this is the one Mark mentioned to me that he was looking at per potentially purchasing. And this is the Casablanca 80th Anniversary Ultimate Collector's Edition Steelbook. Uh, this is available on Zavi and HMV, so it's not an exclusive to either of those ones. Uh, but let's look at this. I'm going to actually look at the actual the steel book cover because there's a, like a bigger, larger book cover on this. But the steel book cover I'm going to be looking at uh, here. Uh, well, let's have a look at it. So steel book, it's got like all the central characters here in this like nice shape on the front of the steel book. We have the you know the red font. Casablanca, Casablanca text at the bottom. I will say the Casablanca text doesn't really pop as much because it's in like this dark uh, black and white. You know, the image here is black and white and it's at the bottom in this red font. And here to me, it doesn't pop as much. It feels like it could do with like a, a surround, like a white surround so just to make it look like stand out a bit more. Uh, but I do think the imagery here just looks brilliant. 
it looks brilliant. The way they're kind of put on, on the imagery, the the way they've placed them here, it looks really nice. I think it just the text then you've got underneath, you've got the, the central characters' names. I like you've got you've got like that plane in the background and the lights flashing up. Gives it that Hollywood vibe and obviously references to the movie as well. But what is the winner? What is the winner today of today's movie Variant Showdown? I'm gonna go with the 80th anniversary Casablanca Ultimate Collector's Edition Steelbook. I just think it looks beautiful. It absolutely looks beautiful. Uh, even I love that Blu-ray cover, but I think this just for me pops. And I love the you know central of Humphrey Bogart and the the imagery of all the characters. And as I said, I think the text could be better. I think it could be better placed the font and the text, uh, the text today. But I do think it just pops so much, and the just the imagery just makes it win through for me on this edition of Movie Variant Showdown. So that 80th edition, Collector's Ultimate Edition, um, available on Zavi and HMV so far, is today's winner of Movie Variant Showdown. Now let's move on to the next segment of today's show. The Amazon Top 10 is approaching. Prepare yourself. 10, 9, Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. The Amazon Top Ten has arrived. The Amazon Top Ten. Every week I give you the Amazon Top Ten on Amazon.co.uk for bestsellers in DVD, Blu-ray and 4K. And let's look at the top ten this week. So we got, first of all, at number ten, the DVD of The Batman. Great movie. At number nine, we have No Time to Die on DVD. At number eight, we have Shetland Series 7 on DVD. That must be a TV show, I've never seen it. At number seven, we have John Wick Chapter 3 on 4K Ultra, big fan of John Wick movies, I can't wait to see the next one in that franchise. At number 6, we have 4 Love and Thunder on DVD, great, great movie. At number 5, we have the Blu-ray of The Batman. At number 4, we have Jurassic World Dominion on Blu-ray, again, watch this, part of the September show, well worth checking out. At number 3, we have the Blu-ray of the Elvis movie starring Austin Butler. That fantastic performance by Austin Butler at number 3. At number 2, we have Downton Abbey and New Era on DVD. At number 2, it's now being taken off the top slot. What is on the top, not slot, the top spot, sorry, of the Amazon Top 10? Well, the Amazon Top 10 is topped by... Elvis on DVD. The Elvis movie is top of the Amazon top 10 and well deserved because that movie is really, really good. So that is the Amazon top 10 for this week, ladies and gents. Let's move on to the final part of today's show. Ooh, what's been on the screen? What's been on the screen? Every week I discuss what movies and TV shows I have been watching and I'm going to start off this week with one I watched which was a recommendation from a member of the Movie Cheer Town community. Uh, this recommendation came from Raymond Voss and Raymond recommended My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Uh, this is a 2002 rom-com movie and basically I will say uh, this was a really fun watch, a really fun entertaining watch. Uh, I'm not a big fan of rom-coms, I'm more into like sci-fi action, but I do like the occasional one and this was this was fun. I will say though, I had a different expectation going into this movie. I For some reason I thought this was um, a movie that was heavy in ABBA songs. I thought this, I'm sure, right, so I didn't, I, I, know, I know it's not Mamma Mia, I know the Mamma Mia movie is like this, like a rom-com type movie, but I know, I'm pretty sure, and if you know the movie, um, I'm sure there's meant to be another movie that's like laced in Abba songs. It's got like a wedding feel to it. I thought it was this movie, but I was incorrect. 
Um, but I will say, though, it re I really enjoyed this. So the story, the premise of this story, you have a... Two central characters, Tula, who is, is um, you know, she's Greek. She's got a Greek family who live in Chicago. Uh, but, you know, very rich Greek heritage. They're very proud of being Greek. And she's, you know, working for a father in the father's restaurant. She's a 30-something woman, Tula. And the father wants her to get married and sort of, like, you know, make something of her life, basically. He wants her to have, get married and have kids. That's her his version of making it in life that's you know he's he's got his set priorities of what he wants his children to do in this story and Tula then you know she's kind of like wants a break free she decides to leave the family restaurant and start doing computer work with her father's blessing uh, and then she meets Ian and an American guy guy who lives in Chicago they start a relationship and the big thing is because you know the father wants her his daughter to marry uh, another Greek and this is where the story is. He's not Greek. He's American, um, obviously American culture. And then we see them wanting to get they get married in the end. And it's a story of like you know them getting married, the relationship. And it's a really good comedy movie. And uh, I will say some standout mo moments of this movie. I think you have Tula's brother in this, who is <laughs> the first time Ian, this character who's in the relationship with Tula, he meets all the family. And I think it's like when they announce they're going to get married. And the brother goes up to this this character Ian, and he says, he says something like, um, you know, if you hurt my sister, I'll kill you. And then he says, he's like, I'm only joking, Ian. And then he says, I've got a rifle in my in the boot of my car. I'm gonna I'm gonna come in here and blow your head off. And he says, I'm joking again, Ian. And then he's, <laughs> and he keeps on he keeps on doing this for like for like a minute. He keeps on just like announcing like death scenarios with this guy and he keeps on then saying i'm joking and he's like i'm not joking i'm joking and then he's just like that just cracked me up that moment and there's a few really funny moments as well where the 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 greek i don't know if this is a real thing i imagine it is but for good luck the one of the, the parents <laughs> she she starts spitting on one of the children's heads and they say it's for good luck and then when they're walking down the Tula's walking down the aisle at the end of the movie. All of the all of the Greek family starts spitting on her. As you see it walking down the aisle, you hear this sound like, <laughs> and it just it cracks me up. It's just so just such a small thing, and it's them little small things that always make a movie for me. And things like that really made it. But a really enjoyable movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. It has had a sequel. I think it was in 2016, which I'm going to be checking out. And apparently, there's a third movie that is in the works. So it's a it's it's a fun movie. And I think it was a very low budget movie, but it it made a decent amount at the box office. And so that was a recommendation by Raymond Voss in the Movie Share Town community. Big thank you to Raymond for, for the excellent recommendation, and I really enjoy that film, Raymond. Uh, let's move on. What else have I been watching this past week? Uh, I'll say I watched uh, another movie, The Bee Movie. Uh, this is a movie released in 2007. It stars Jerry Seinfeld as Barry the Bee Benson, and uh, basically the story of Bee Movie is, you know, it's an animated movie, and Seinfeld is voicing this bee, and this bee is now going to work in this hive for the first time. He's trying to find out his career. All the bees work in the hive and they all have jobs. He's talking bees and he decides, his character Barry decides he wants to do something different and he goes out to the outside world. He discovers humans. He's not meant to talk to humans, but he finds a human friend played by Renee Zellweger and they have a, a nice relationship. They become friends. And then we see a story throughout where he discovers that the humans are using honey and selling it, and then there's a big lawsuit between bees and humans, and then we see this end, uh, big moment scene where Barry's got to fly a plane. Uh, just a outrageous, really weird plot, but it's a, a really fun animated family movie. I watched this this morning. I thought it was, you know, really some good funny moments. And I will say I'm a big Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld, Mark. I, I love Seinfeld, big fan of the show. Watched it for the first time a couple of years back now. And ever since, I've watched it a few times. I'm watching it through again at the moment. I really like Jerry Seinfeld. And um, it's great to see him voicing an animated character in this. It's And you, you get, you know, there's a few kind of like Seinfeld-like jokes in here, which is really cool to see. Which is, uh, I, I think is a bit odd. It is, um, you know, he never done any more, he's not done any movies. He's always stuck to stand-up. And since the TV show, he's kind of not done too much he's done that coffee show with the cars which i really like as well but 
But I think he's stayed away from doing a movie career, Seinfeld, which is uh, is strange, But because I think he would have been great doing more movies. But I like this movie, B-movie, really fun film. Let me know what you think of it, if you've already checked it out. Uh, I will say, finally, She-Hulk, the latest episode of She-Hulk. I watched this past week, and again, I'm not going to go into spoilers, but it was a fun episode. We see the battle over the, the name rights of She-Hulk between She-Hulk and Titania, and it's a really fun episode. What I did like at the end of it, we get a, more of a Daredevil tease in this. We get a, t a tease of the the actual new helmet of, t of Daredevil in this. We don't get Daredevil in it, but we do get a tease of his helmet. And apparently he, he's going to be coming in the next episode in Daredevil. And I'm looking forward to this but it's because I've been hearing more about Daredevil in this reboot of the Daredevil show recently. Now it's going to be completely like a fresh new thing. So his Daredevil in this is kind of going to be like the uh, the you know the birth of the new Daredevil character. We're going to get a glimpse to see what his new version, Matt Murdock, Charlie Cox's new version of Daredevil is in the MCU. I'm looking forward to it. I'm liking this show every episode even more. Uh, I don't think it was the strongest episode, but I do think it just carried on with that you know that formula of the comedy in there. It's silly. It's it's not like a Again, it's not like a Captain America. It's not a, a Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's a show that takes itself, you know, it takes the nonsense. It knows what it is, a show. It's a silly show. It's a sitcom. But I like it. I do like She-Hulk. And it's a, it's a show that I didn't think I'd like as much as I did. It's really... I'm watching it. I'm thinking, I, I shouldn't... I, I, why, why do I like this show? <laughs> because it's not on paper. It's something I wouldn't really like. But I think it's a really fun show. Uh, but She-Hulk, another solid episode. And uh, yeah, I really like the tease of Daredevil in this. Really excites me to see that. And uh, hey, Avengers. The Avengers. If you know, you know. That is awesome. That cracked me up. Avengers and the Avengers. <laughs> Gotta get one of them t-shirts. Uh, but anyway, ladies and gents, that is the end of what's been on the screen for this week. And that is the end of another show of the Movie Cheer Pod. Uh, if you enjoyed today's show, please do give it a like and subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube, if you're looking for some more movie-related content, and leave a comment below as well. If you're listening to this on a podcast app of your choice, please do leave a five-star review and subscribe to the podcast app. All of your support helps the community and the Movie Cheer podcast to grow even more. Uh, it's been another fantastic show. Really enjoyed today's roundup of the September 2022 movies. It's been great. Let me know your thoughts on all of today's movie and TV topics, ladies and gents. And I will say, you know, I'm looking forward to this coming Friday, Friday the 23rd of September, the start of Movie Cheer Fest, and then we have Saturday's show as well, uh, both on YouTube, and I will put them both onto the podcast app as well, so you both, you'll be able to listen to both of those ways, but that's going to be absolutely uh, a fun weekend next weekend, Movie Cheer Fest, the 23rd and 24th of September, 7.30 UK time, bring on the fest. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for watching, ladies and gents. Remember to spread a bit of movie cheer. And as always, I will see you next time.